Grace, peace, and mercy be yours today, this Palm Sunday, this last Sunday in Lent, from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The crowd on that Palm Sunday was huge. All walks of life had come. Where were you in that crowd? Which one of that crowd would you have been? Ladies, would you have been more like Martha or maybe more like Mary? You know, ladies, if you were like Martha, you would have already prepared the Passover feast at hand. You and Martha would have safely guarded the huge jugs of water for the rites of purification that church demanded that day. You, like Martha, would have been very busy with the tasks at hand, making sure that your family's garments were washed and changed. This is what church demands. You and Martha would be the ones assuring that your hands are washed, the kid's hair is combed, and that your husband's tunic is straight. You've already seen in this past few days before the Passover countless sacrifices of the blood of bulls and goats. What a mess. Necessary, but what a mess. And you know, at the time of the Passover, the church is about to begin. You know what that time is. There's a time that you, being like Martha, you need to clear your head. Your family's clean and they're dressed. Even the kids are quiet. Now it's time for you, Martha, to repent because the anxieties and troubles of the day are just too much. It's time, Martha, for the good portion on Palm Sunday. For you on that first Palm Sunday, even though you're nearing exhaustion, you hear that Jesus is coming to Jerusalem. And Martha, Jesus is A-OK in your book. He had raised your brother Lazarus from the dead. This guy needs the welcoming of a king. So hurriedly, you're cutting and gathering as many palm branches as you can find. You, Martha, you're making sure every hand in the Palm Sunday congregation has a palm branch in it. The work is done, Martha. Take a breath. Everything's going to be okay. Cast your anxieties and worries and burdens onto the Lord. And then, take another breath and cry out with the crowds, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And there you are, Martha, crying out from the back of the crowd, thrilled to be here, thrilled to have done some of God's work. And then you see your sister Mary. She's at the front of the crowd, maybe a little disheveled, kids with messy hair. But she got there earlier, but Mary, with 
less worries on her mind. She doesn't have to worry like I do. But ladies, if you were more like Mary on that first Palm Sunday, Mary, the other sister of Lazarus, you know that your recent past has spiritually drained you. You, being like Mary, had watched your family member die. And you know with all your heart that if Jesus wanted to, if Jesus had been there, if Jesus had not stepped off his high throne for just one moment, your family member would not have died. You, being like Mary, have spent four days crying over a grave. Tears that have flowed so freely, your, your eyes hurt. Tear ducts that hurt. Hearts that have emptied. Feeling lowly. Then Jesus finally gets around to coming to your house. Your busy sister can go outside to handle it. You just don't have it in you anymore. You, being more like Mary, are called specifically by Jesus to come out and listen to him. And then Mary, and then Martha, he raised your brother Lazarus from the dead. But you, Mary, you've gone from rock bottom, crying your eyes out, to rejoicing and hugging your resurrected brother again. You tell everyone the good news you saw Jesus did. And you go at a welcoming dinner for Christ. For Jesus, you go and anoint your Lord from the bottom of your heart. It's no wonder, Mary, that you're in the front row on that first Palm Sunday. You have seen the sign. You got there early. You can't stop telling others what Jesus has done for your family. You, you're surrounded by the crowds you have witnessed to, the very raising of the dead of your brother Lazarus, just last week. You might have not necessarily been at church that day to help for the Passover feast. But if Jesus is going to be there, darn it, then so am I. You, Mary, are one who mourns with mourners. You, Mary, are one that rejoices with the rejoicers. It turns out, ladies, you may be a little like Martha, and a little like Mary. But gentlemen of the congregation, you may be like the disciple Thomas on that first Palm Sunday. You, being like Thomas, you're very realistic in nature, but you have a hidden heart of gold that comes out now and then. You, being like Thomas, when you hear that your good friend Lazarus has died, would be the type of person that you say to your friends, let us go also, that we may die with him. You and Thomas would do anything for a friend. You'd give them the cloak off your back. And if it did come right down to it, you would die for them. 
When your help is needed, Thomas, you're the first to stand up and say, send me. Even if the job needing to be done is as simple as going to get a young donkey for a friend. But Jesus, your, your other friend, your rather fantastic friend, did the work of resurrecting Lazarus. Dear Thomas, your friend Lazarus came out of the tomb at the very command of Jesus. If Jesus should need anything from you, he knows he can count on you. But even before that first Palm Sunday, you, like Thomas, you've gone to church for a while. You've got a few Bible verses in your head and the stories are in your heart. And when it's necessary to remember them, you know that God will bring it to the front of your mind for you. One of these Bible verses you remember, you'll remember later on. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. On that first Palm Sunday, with all the commotion, it seems rather insignificant to you, Thomas. The Marthas and Marys in your, li in your life have all sorts of things going on. Whether it be the work of preparation or the words of resurrection from Jesus that has them talking. It's crowded at the entry into Jerusalem. But Thomas, you're there with your friend Jesus. Tools at the ready, if need be. And scripture in the back of your mind. But John, the writer of today's gospel... He also had the scripture in mind. So maybe, gentlemen, you're more like John. Children of the congregation, I would say you are like John. You're the youngest of the disciples. A child in comparison to all the adults that surround you. You who are more like John, always keep your ears open. You keep your ears open on Palm Sundays. Kids, you know that you always have to keep your ears open for whatever mom and dad have to say. As you grow older, into an older John the disciple, you learn to keep your ears open for danger. You, who are like John, are much smarter than you let on. You hear things. And John, you're going to hear some things on that first Palm Sunday. Being like John, you're always listening. And you hear from the Pharisees that they're confused. You heard them say, what are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. You, being like John, just before the first Palm Sunday, also heard that 
the Pharisees had made plans to put Jesus to death. You and John, you're the type of people to warn your friends of coming danger. And you, being like John, you know when someone loves you. You've heard it. And you believe it. And you, John, love them back. But John, your ears are always open. Even with the loud crowds crying out on that first Palm Sunday. Now, it's a chaotic scene. But John, you know that he who loves you, Jesus, must be protected from assassination. And you hear the Pharisees talking to each other. The Pharisees who know that killing Jesus gained them nothing in their nation. Gained them nothing in their temple. You, John, you hear that you hear the Pharisees admit that all the Marthas and Marys and Thomases have gone to follow Jesus. You, being like John, you go to church on Palm Sunday, thinking that there must be a way for our king to live on forever. Maybe this evil generation, having admitted loss, will give up now. Jesus really doesn't have to die, does he? All walks of life were there on that first Palm Sunday. Many people, many perspectives on what was going on. Some were more like John and a little like Thomas. Some might have been more like Martha, but still a little like Mary. Some were loving like John, and some were evil, like Pharisees. There were doubters and believers in the crowd. Some were older, some were younger. Even children were there. Everyone in the crowd on that first Palm Sunday was unique in one way or another. All of them sinners, but each of them had their own troubles, had their own burdens. And Jesus knew each of them that day. And he carries that burden into Jerusalem on a lowly colt. Jesus knows you, Martha, and praises the work you do for his church. And he wants you to rest. It's time for your Sabbath. And Jesus knows you, Mary, that spiritual and emotional roller coaster you have been through, and he lifts you up. It's time for you to be comforted. And Jesus knows you, Thomas, his disciple, as you stand at the ready to die for a brother. And he wants you to know that he will do the truly heavy lifting. The king of Israel will die for the brothers and sisters. The Lord himself will roll aside the heavy stone. And Jesus knows you, John, his youngest disciple, as you listen to every word he says, as you look for danger, as you look to defend him. And he wants you to know 
that the coming danger to his very life is necessary. It's planned. He will need you later to tell the gospel. The gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is that he rides into Jerusalem five days before his necessary death. Seven days before the heavy stone is rolled aside. A coming resurrection that the resurrection of Lazarus foretells. But on Palm Sunday, you need not understand these things. But when Jesus is glorified on the cross at Calvary on Good Friday, the scriptures in your mind and the scriptures on your heart will open like floodgates. All that has been written about him and what evil and sin have done to him will come to fruition. Jesus rides into Jerusalem for a coming day of justice. And only a man could come into Jerusalem riding on a young donkey. And only God is deserving of being called the King of Israel. Your King, Jesus Christ, rides into Jerusalem on the holiest of weeks to die. A true man king has crowds that follow him. But a true God king only sacrifices himself. Jesus is that man. And Jesus is that God. Martha, Mary, Thomas, John, disciples of Jesus Christ, your sins on the coming Good Friday are washed away by the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the entire world. In this holy week, Martha, there are things to be done. This week, dear Mary, the King also comes to give you comfort and peace. This week, dear Thomas, the King comes to do the work that only he can do. And this week, John, the king only wants you to listen. Jesus wants all of his disciples to listen. And remember, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Listen to all of these things that have been written in this coming Holy Week. Listen to all of these things that have been done for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.